If you were here in December, you probably heard a video announcement that included these words. Since 1994, Third Church has championed a specific mission statement. The statement is sending out servant-hearted disciples with a passion for Jesus into the world. These are foundational words. Those words have been ours for more than 30 years. Today, I'm honored to share with you that we're changing our mission statement. We're going to add to what has been, and it's going to become even better. Over the last year, more than 150 of you joined 12 of us who worked for a significant amount of time with a group called Auxano, A-U-X-A-N-O. They helped us think through who we are, what we've done, where we're going, and we, out of that, are going to develop a new mission sentence, a new value strategy, outcomes, and all those things we're going to share with you in the next six weeks. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be just exciting. The best years of our church are still to come, and I can't wait to have you learn more about them. So a quick reminder, the old mission sentence, statement number uh, slide four. So sending out serving our disciples with the passion for Jesus into the world. Quick history. In 1993, January 1, I became the senior pastor of this church. And for one year, every week, I met with Dr. Thomas Iverson. Dr. Iverson was the provost of Central College, later interim president. We met weekly, and he began to talk about what could Third Church be. This statement, which we have embraced for 30 years, comes from Dr. Tom Iverson. And what's interesting about this statement is it's been lived out in beautiful ways. So this doesn't cross as bragging, but from this church, more than 400 people have left Third Church in 30 years to serve full-time vocationally across the nation and the world. More than 400. So we live this out in an institutional way. But we learned something over the course of the last year. Do you remember in midsummer we did a survey, invited all of you to participate, either online or hard copy? About 1,300 of you did that. And we learned something which was, we learned many things. But the thing that struck us was this. Self-reported, very few of us said we take our relationship with Jesus to our schools, to our teams, to our workplaces, and in some ways, even our homes. And that caught us up. So we began to think and pray, and out of that became, came the next mission sentence, which is the next slide, please. Everyone, every day, helping one another experience life-giving freedom in Jesus. Everyone, every day, Jesus. So that's what we hope to share with you over these next weeks. Today I'm going to unpack this a little bit specifically from Matthew chapter 28. So I invite you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. The words will be on the screen. Or the page number, I'm sorry. I haven't preached for long, I'm forgetting how to do it. <laughs> Wonderful senior moment. Hallelujah. Matthew 28, beginning at verse 16. Jesus speaking, or the text will be Jesus speaking. Then 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Jesus, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what does that verse mean? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to generalize and make it a little bit big, make some generalizations here. 
I'm going to, KevinKTRCPaul.com. For much of the American church, for the last hundred years, including our church, that has meant things like come to church on Sunday, read your Bible, put some money in the offering plate, go to a class, plant churches. Is that fair? I mean, is that what? And what has developed in the American church is a company of voyeurs, of consumers, of nice people who come to church sometimes. But that's not what Jesus said. So my parents passed away recently and I'm the executor of my parents' estate. My parents have given very strict instructions for their six sons how they want their estate dispersed. They gave us a last will and testament. This is Jesus' last will and testament. It's in the imperative in the Greek. You go and make disciples of all nations. And you go and you baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I'll be with you always to the end of the age. So we translate that to mean come to church on Sunday and you're a disciple. Read your Bible occasionally, you're a disciple. May I gently say that's not what Jesus said. A disciple is someone who says what Jesus says, who does what Jesus does, who thinks like Jesus thinks, as though Jesus were living his life in us. And he wants to. It's a whole different way of looking at it. No, so not only are we to be a disciple, we are to make disciples. Yesterday I was given the privilege of officiating at Lowell Sneller's funeral. I did not know Lowell at all. So I met him the day he died, met twice with the family afterwards. But at the funeral yesterday, I learned something very interesting about Lowell. So the grandchildren spoke about Grandpa. And this is what they said about their Grandpa. My Grandpa taught me how to turn a wrench. My Grandpa taught me how to fix a baler. My Grandpa taught me how to fix a fence line. My Grandpa taught me how to fish. These are boys and girls. As I listened, I thought, Lowell Snellard discipled his grandchildren. I'm a pastor for 44 years. Four years of college, four years of seminary, graduate school, postgraduate work. How did I learn to be a pastor for 44 years? I followed my dad, who was a pastor. And I watched my dad. We are called to follow Jesus. So what does that mean? Well, let me unpack it just a little bit and with three words, slide six. The Great Commission I just shared with you, we are to go, be disciples, make disciples. We are to baptize them into the, into the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What does that mean? So we, we think it's just sprinkling with water or immersion. It's yes, but it's more. Fundamentally, what he's saying is, as you go and make disciples, you invite them into the circle of love relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let them live in that place of love and acceptance and welcome. Let them be transformed by the amazing grace of our Lord, Father, Son, and Spirit. And then, and then, and then, go, because I'll be with you always. 
So in the going, in the making of disciples, inviting folks into the Trinitarian circle of love, we experience the amazing presence of Jesus in our lives. But I'll talk about being a disciple for just a minute. So, I, it's a, you know, it's a great commission. Go and make disciples. The great omission, the church has not done that. So the great decision I'm asking us to consider today, and you'll be invited over the next six weeks, would we consider, would we consider, watch now, taking baby next steps to become a disciple of Jesus. That's the decision. Now here's the challenge. Can I have slide number seven, please? So I have talked with you a lot over the last decade. I have become a student of social media. Even though I'm not on social media, I study it like crazy. And I want to confess to you, I have missed I have missed so much Am I talking to you about social media and phones because I have focused primarily on the symptoms. And I recently have come across thinking ideas that have me go a whole different direction. So let me just talk about this a second, and then I'll come back to that. So a disciple is a, a learner, an apprentice, a student who chooses a teacher, who engages in extended instruction, who becomes proficient following training, and imitates the teacher. This is the primary discipler of America. Think about this. We spend hours and hours and hours in this device we learn the device teaches us how to do all kinds of things. It engages in extended instruction. We become proficient in using this thing, and we imitate the teacher. And so, and so, stay with me, in a political year, I can post the most mean and angry things about the other side because I'm not a disciple of Jesus. I just sit my butt in the pew once a week. Stay with me. A disciple acts like Jesus. So if I spend four and five and six hours on this, and don't hear what I'm not saying, we need technology. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if we spend hours and hours, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever it is, hours and hours and hours, Algorithms play into mind. You know the whole story. You are being manipulated up the kazoo by people who designed this thing. You are being manipulated, and this has become your discipler. Am I speaking the truth? And let's be honest. So now we're going to talk about this Jesus who we can't see, and we don't have models of disciples who look and act like Jesus. Okay. I'll go to church once a week and I'll just be discipled by my phone. And I'll do whatever I feel like because I'm just coming. And we're being manipulated and manipulated and manipulated and played with and manipulated. Now, what's our, what's our mission sense? Everyone, every day, experiencing the life-giving freedom 
in Jesus, listen, you don't have to sin. Freedom in Jesus means you don't have to hate. Freedom in Jesus means you can forgive. Freedom in Jesus means you can bless those who persecute you. Freedom in Jesus means we can disagree respectfully and not call people awful, horrible names. Now, what's, what's below all this technology stuff I've learned about? Stay with me here. So I'm always talking symptoms, you know. Be careful. Don't overspend. Don't overbuy. Don't watch porn. Don't gamble. Those are all symptoms. What's below all this? This is the thing that's just blown me away. What this has allowed us to do is to live disembodied lives. We can live our whole life through this phone and doing all kinds of things, some good, some not, and never interact with each other. Someone has a tragedy. We all text, oh, I'm so sorry. When's the last time you went to the person in grief? We had someone who had a tragic death two years ago, tragic death. She told me she had 150 emails, listen to this, 150 texts, and not one person came to her, looked her in the face, and said, how are you? We are becoming a disembodied people. So we can live our whole lives. We, we, can, we can be avatars as we wish. AR, AI is going to write for us. Chatbot's going to preach for us. Holograms are going to allow us to be in multiple places. And we can live a complete life and not do this. And this is, so stay with me. This is why you got to come to church on Sundays. You need to see real people, even people you don't like. And you got to be with people and you need to touch people and pray with people and bless your enemies because that's how we become formed into Christ. Am I beating that dead horse hard enough? <laughs> no, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not, please, I hope this is coming across right. What I'm saying is, so let me just talk to me. me. So I have a rule with the Lord. I've made this arrangement However much time I spend on my phone, in my personal time, I will double it with Jesus. So I watch my screen time. In the last season, it's been an hour and 45 minutes of personal time on my phone. That's 90 minutes. I promise the Lord that I'll give him 180 minutes. Why? Who's going to disciple me? Because I become like my teacher. And so I want to, so let me just get real, real frank. So this is just me. This is just me. You don't have to do this. This is just me. So I, I've been not, you know, I've had to preach for a season, and so I had a time just thinking, pray about all this stuff. And so here's the question I asked the Lord. Lord, I want, I want to be a person who, who, who I, want, I want to walk with you. Jesus is invisible. How do I walk with Jesus? So what I've been doing in the morning, instead of, let me back you up. My major in college was political science. I took six years of German. I wanted to be a translator at the UN and then be a lawyer. And I become a stinking preacher. What's up with that, right? <laughs> I have a temptation in the morning, what's going on in the world? So I said to the Lord, I want to walk with you first. So every morning, I begin up, it takes me one hour, and I read Mark, Chapters 1 through 16 every morning. Because I want Jesus to keep me on a discipler. So I read the stories, I've been reading them now for some weeks, 
and this is, I'm, I'm trying to apply this, so not being braggy, I'm just trying to apply it, model it. So I read this week the Gospel of Mark, and in one day, this was my experience. Someone came to see me who manifested a demon. I've read the Gospel of Mark. I know what Jesus does with demons. I did what Jesus did. Someone came to me, had no money for groceries or food. And I just read about Jesus feeding the 5,000. I knew what to do. And then someone was angry with me about some things and things and, and, and back and forth. And Jesus said, bless your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. I knew what to do because I've been walking with Jesus. So I don't know how it works for you, but you want to be discipled by Jesus. Now, let me back you up. I'm not talking, we're not talking this next year, we've got to make these incredibly massive, big changes. No, listen to me, watch me, watch my feet. Watch my feet. This year, take baby steps. Slowly keeping steps to be formed as a disciple of Jesus. Everyone, every day, helping one another experience the life-giving freedom in Jesus. Well, that's the opportunity. So I have a couple questions for you. Can I have slides? Uh, uh, let's see. 9, 10, 11, please. So here's question one for all of us. This is, the first two questions are all of us, and then one for us personally. Will we choose to steadily learn from Jesus how to live the life of the kingdom of heaven in 2024? So all kinds of people share with me how concerned they are about 24 and the election and all kinds of things, you know, all kinds of different perspectives and opinions. So my question to us is, what happens if this year, from now until election day, we take baby steps of becoming more like Jesus when it comes to politics. What happens? So there's four or 5,000 of us. What if four or 5,000 of us act like Jesus and post like Jesus and talk like Jesus? and forgive like Jesus. What could 24 look like? But if my disciple, the disciple is this, and my algorithms tell me over and over that President Biden is this and President Trump is this, and my algorithms just keep telling me and 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 telling me, and my disciple says, hate those guys, hate those guys, hate these people, then I will, because this is my disciple. This is, this is my master. This is my rabbi. This is my teacher. Maybe next year I'm going to do this. Seriously. Give it the finger and throw it in the lake. Christian love, of course. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm, I'm serious, but I'm not. But I am. Will we choose to steadily learn from Jesus to live the kingdom life 
described best in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. How about the next question, please? Well, we, a community of Christ followers called Third Church, in this election year, choose to live without bitterness or anger and become a mighty force for good in Southeast Iowa. So over these coming weeks, you're going to learn about values that will help this, strategies, outcomes. How can we do this? And then a final question. Will I, personal one, will I become a disciple, a learner, an apprentice of Jesus and live for his eternal purposes in 2024? Real quick and I'll be done. Yesterday we had Lowell's funeral and there was a large group of people here. And I said this to them, to this group um, I love funerals. You know why? Because people who will never, ever, ever listen to Jesus come to funerals and they actually listen. And what I said to them basically was this yesterday. You're going to be here in a week or two. If you knew you had one week to live, how would you live? And my question to the congregation yesterday was, will you choose to live life backwards? Start with the day you're going to die and back it up. How would I choose to follow after Jesus if I recognize I'm going to die? And the question is, do you acknowledge you will? So we live for the future. The future, 24 is going to be terrible. All these things are going to happen. Oh, no. What if Trump wins? What if Biden wins? Oh, no. It's all going to be terrible. Can I just remind you one more time? The kingdom of the heavens is never in trouble. As long as Jesus is on the throne, we're going to be okay. And if you die tomorrow, you go be with Jesus. So what's the big deal? In a situation recently where someone was going to do something with guns. Some of us were engaged in this a bit, and I thought about what if this person came to a place where I was with a gun and wanted to shoot me? Would I be like the principal in Perry who ran to the young man who was deeply disturbed and probably deeply hurt and wounded and engaged that boy and be shot? Would I be willing, would I be willing to take a bullet for a kingdom cause? And if I believe that the days ahead are the best days to come, I hope I would say yes. How about you? Everyone, every day, everyone, every day, helping one another experience the life-giving freedom in Jesus. And I see the Dykstra's right there. I want to extend sympathy to you in the, your dad's home going yesterday. Your sharing was fantastic. Last slide, and then we're going to pray. So, our mission in the coming years, everyone, every day, helping one other experience, life-giving freedom in Jesus, which means one, would you become a disciple? In the next season, would you be willing to start to invest and make a disciple? 
would you come back next week? Because there's much more to share. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we bless you that you are active, alive, at work. We bless you for who you are and all that is before us, which is rich and right and good. We thank you the day will come that you'll make all things right. But until that day, you're asking us to help you make things better. So we ask your blessing. Pray for the work of your spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.